Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. We're about to change the name to the Best in Oklahoma podcast because Come on. we know you. Best in Oklahoma, man. You got to love it. You got to love it. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a lot to wipe this smile off of my face this week. Uh, of course, leading up to UCF. But man, I am on cloud nine right now. How y'all feeling? Am I the only bird, only person nervous about UCF? No, I'm just kidding. I'm riding high too. And people think we need to come back down to earth before we play UCF. Maybe not so fast because it's going to be their space U game. And we can fight them up in space. We're the space cowboys. Let's ride. Hey, hey, why come down to earth when we could just meet them in space? You got to love that. And hey, you remember what I said about UCF in the preseason? Ain't nobody worried about them. <laughs> Guys, we will get to UCF first. We're just going to bask in this bedlam victory glory for a little bit longer. I will say that game had me stressed. Yo, I was as expected. Whew. Yeah, as expected. That's one thing about bedlam every single year. I'm just, you just don't know what's going to happen. Typically, there is one missed call that usually is in the favor of OU that completely mm-hmm. swings the game, gives them all the momentum. So, yeah, I'm telling you something right now. I didn't see a pass interference towards the end of the game. So, you know, we, hey, we good. We good. As a receiver, that was egregious. That was absolutely pass interference. But you know what? They're made up for, like, however many in the past where OSU got absolutely hosed. So I understand, like yeah. – OU fans, they're not going to get over it. They're still talking about Oregon back in 2006 or whatever. So, hey, man, y'all are just going to have to live with that. OU fans are used to living in the past. So here's something a little bit more recent for you to add to that. No, I will say, I I think there were missed calls on both sides of the ball. I think there was a missed face mask call. There was a face mask on Ollie that wasn't called. I don't think that officiating was good. Um, in general, I, you know, I, we're not going to talk about that. Was it, or was it not pass interference because in the game it wasn't, and that's how it's going to be remembered. So that's what we're going to go with. Also, I, see I, it, I was going to say the way, the way I see it, bad calls are a part of the game. And, and you know, you've heard me say it multiple times on occasion, on occasion, like that is just a part of the game. Something that you got to deal with. If you want to win, don't leave it at the hands of the officials. Fair enough. couple, Couple milestones, guys. Oklahoma State was named the Cheez It National Team of the Week for their win over Oklahoma. Also, Gundy got his 100th Big 12 win. He joins Bob Stoops and Bill wow. Snyder as the only other two coaches to have 100 Big 12 wins. We are 15th in the AP poll, 
15th in the college football playoff poll. Eve, I know you don't care about rankings, but to go from unranked in the AP and up seven spots in the CFP, you got to be a little excited. Yo, let me just be clear. So last week I said, I don't care about rankings until the final two weeks of the season. And typically that's because historically we're, we're playing OU, you know, one of those two, two weeks of the season. And we all know that during Bedlam, you just don't know what's going to happen. You could be having a great season and you implode against Oklahoma, or you could be having an average season or even a bad season and you beat Oklahoma, right? Just like that's, that's what happened in 2014. So I always say, like, I just don't care what happens until after Bedlam. So now, you know, now that Bedlam came early, we got that dub. All right, now let's really start focusing on these rankings and make sure that we win out properly. Yeah, it was a big jump, right? I mean, we probably should have been ranked last week, if we're being honest. But rightfully so, beating a top 10 ranked OU, that's going to make some people take notice. And, uh, you know, based on how the pokes have been playing over the last month and the way the Ollie Gordon's run the ball, I guarantee you teams one through 14, they don't want anything of Oklahoma state right now. No like part. they are on fire and UCF you're just standing in our way. Again, we'll get to you in a minute, but who wants to play this team right now? Honestly, the crazy thing is, who who in the world would have thought? Who would have thought that you'd be saying this, you know, just in the beginning of this season? But that's really how you feel. I mean, it seems like we are just full steam ahead right now. The coaching staff has done a tremendous job of turning this season around. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think anybody ahead of us wants to play us. Normally, guys, we've been talking about Ollie Gordon's performance. We're going to switch things up this week. We will get to Ollie. I promise everybody we will get there. We're going to start with the defense because it was the defense who ended that game for us. True freshman Dylan Smith cemented his place in Bedlam lore with his stop on fourth down. Uh, whew, what was going through your mind, guys? Also, you need to shout out Dylan Smith. He also had an interception in that game. So big game for the true freshman. Huge. Clap it up. Clap it up. That's what was time. going through your mind, guys, on that final drive for OU? Please, God, let the Cowboys get a stop. Please, God, let the Cowboys get a stop. Please, God, let the Cowboys get a stop. Like, that was just on repeat. Yo, straight up. I was I was sending up <laughs> prayers during that game. I, don't, I, I can't even imagine what the tension must have been like inside of Boone Pickens Stadium. Cause I wasn't there. I was watching from the crib and at the crib. Once we won, I literally fell to my knees. Like I didn't cry, but I felt like crying. Like I was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. The final bedlam. We did it. And like, you know, my wife is looking at me crazy. My daughter's looking at me crazy. I'm like, yo, this just means a lot, but that's exactly what was going on in my head, which is God, please give the Cowboys the victory. Well, the coverage on that play was basically elite. I mean, Eve, you go back and look at that on film, and it's like, this guy's a freshman for real? And he's playing against, you know, lined up against the guy that's kind of been torching us all game. Drake Stoops. Yeah. Hats off, man. Played a great game. Yeah, he did. Um, but, man, that was just amazing. And, and really – you almost like can't believe it, right? Like it happens. We're in the stadium. The place goes absolutely berserk. And it's kind of like, it's over. Like we just won. 
but you almost you still can't believe it right until the clock hits zero you're just like i don't know is this really happening yeah and then like we so we had you know close to a full minute of that and uh you know bowman got that snap took two knees and there we go so man it was yeah that place was electric i i think that somebody had they had posted that it got up to over 113 decibels at, mm. at the highest points of the game. So for a stadium that holds 55,000, that is insane. And of course, you know yeah. how close the fans are to the field. Uh, just amazing atmosphere altogether. Great, great job, Oklahoma State fans. Oh, man, it sounded loud just from the TV, right? Like I'm, I'm over here watching it with, you know, with the, with the sound bar. And I'm like, yo, it sounds loud inside of Boone Pickens Stadium. <laughs> so, you know, it was really, really cool to see that. What's also really cool is that Dylan Smith is undefeated in Bedlam and is going to be undefeated for his entire career as an OSU Cowboy. So how about that? How dope is that for all <laughs> for all the freshmen on the team? <laughs> well, I was down on the field for that final play and I'm keeping it composed, but also in, internally like, oh my God, oh my God, it's coming down to this. I hate this so much. And I'm around media people and they're not allowed to cheer. I wasn't technically working. So I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to cheer. <laughs> but as soon as we got that stop, I'm like, I can't high five anybody. So I run across uh, the end zone. I'm like, yeah. I find Les with the cheerleaders. I'm like, Les, I need to celebrate with somebody. And I'm talking <laughs> Les Thomas, the hype, the hype guy. So uh, I just give him the biggest great. hug. I'm like, someone just needs it. But then I'm like, Okay, there's a minute left and I'm just thinking Georgia Tech Miami you know like kneel it out and you know Miami fumbled and Georgia Tech upset so I'm like this thing is not over mm -hmm. until that clock hits zero I can't yeah. I can't oh I was but we, we pulled out the W Ugh, guys it's amazing I talked to True. Colin Oliver and he everyone remembers Colin Oliver's amazing sack on Caleb Williams two years ago mm -hmm. to end that right. so I was like oh, you've been the true freshman who's been the hero how you know what do you think of Dylan Smith and he's like this kid's a stud it just shows we have great depth in our defense like great a great future for our defense but what was interesting is he said the thing with Dylan is he doesn't get to enjoy it as much as I did because we have more games to play so in that so he's very much like great Dylan so glad you had that but we're on to UCF you got to lock in yeah. you can celebrate that later and Colin was also like I'm glad we had that for the fans they can talk smack for as long as they want on social media we can as players because again we still have business to take care of and we got to lock in which you know people are saying could UCF be a trap game again you will get there and guys I just I think they're focused I think they know what is at stake and they are in the driver's seat for the big 12 yeah. championship no, I mean, I'm definitely glad to hear the mentality that Colin has heading into this week. And I think that, um, you know, if, if the rest of the team has the same mindset, cool, we all good. It's one thing, though, to have the mindset and to actually show up and show out. You just never know. It's the Big 12 conference. Like, anybody can beat anybody. So, you know, I, I, I talked a lot of smack about UCF, too. But, I mean, it's one thing to, um, you know, to, to, to say, like, hey, we're definitely superior to this team. But – one of the most dangerous teams that you can play sometimes is a team that just ain't got much to lose. And they're going to go out there and just say, like, YOLO. You know, they're playing YOLO ball. We're doing all the tricks. Come and stop us. You haven't seen any of this on film. So, you know, still uh, still, still much to be seen. That well, is true. Should we talk about the star of the game? Ollie for Heisman. 
starting well not starting continuing on my campaign to get him to new york in december i am also. all aboard i am all in on the ollie for heisman campaign i said last week that i was going to wait i was i had reservations i had to see what was going to happen this week or last week yo i'm in ollie hey take him to new york give him that heisman trophy yeah <clears throat> eve i know like we're just kind of slow playing it right it's just like Hey, let's not hype this guy up too much right now. And maybe like a little bit of reverse psychology there. Like, you know, Hey man, like you're good and everything, but are you Heisman good? I'm not so sure yet. And then what does he do? Boom. Makes these boys from Norman pay. They had, they were locked in on him, right? All game. Everybody knew. Yeah. Like, Hey, we're stopping this guy. We're stopping Presley. And it didn't matter. That's what I was saying. Like, it doesn't matter what's on film. Good luck stopping it. I mean, this guy is crushing it. And yeah, Heisman talks like top five right now. Absolutely. And he has a chance in these last three games to just slingshot himself into New York. And man, I'm I'm so excited for him because he just seems like the one of the most humble guys, right? He gives all the credit to the O-line. He's having a blast out there. Like, it's one thing for, like, if you celebrate, right, and you're celebrating with your team and everything, you got, like, Presley, he'll get a first down. He's jazzed up, right, flexing, yelling, all that stuff. And I love that. I love seeing our guys play with that kind of emotion. But Ollie takes it to the next level. Like, he's a showman out there, and he knows, like, this field is my stage to perform. And so he's like hyping up the crowd before the game, doing his dances. He's got a handshake with every guy on the team. Like this guy is like just in love with the game of football. And this is how I would be if I were anywhere near that level of talent. Like I love seeing people have success, enjoy it, and then remain humble and keep going forward. Because, hey, season's not over. And even whenever it is, it's not like he's going to go wild or anything like that. It's just a good dude right here. Like, these are the guys that you really want to cheer for. So, hats off to Ollie, man. Like, just super excited for the man he is and what he's becoming. So, Yeah, there ain't nothing better than when the best player is also one of the most likable people, right? Like, the the the... He, he feeds into, like, the fans even, right? I love when he is going into the tunnel talking about there's only one Oklahoma and it ends with state there's only one Oklahoma and it ends with state you know what I mean like that is just that that's stuff that fans love to see because it's not just yo I'm I'm too good I'm too cool for school but I'm a really big fan of this university as well right like you love to see that from your superstars and if we're going to talk about just how good Ollie was it was clear that OU came in with the intention to stop the run. I mean, they had two extra guys in the box almost every single play, right? Safety's coming down, have an extra guy in the box. And you're just like, yo, how is it that he continues to get yards? Because for the first time in about a month, our run blocking was not that good. I don't know if y'all are paying attention to this, right? So like normally we'll do either a wide zone or inside zone, but you at least want to be coming off the ball at a 45-degree angle. You want to be going forward, right, driving people off the line of scrimmage. And we were just going side to side. Like, we were not driving people the way that we had been as of late. So the amount of yardage that we were able to get on the ground 
was mostly because of Ali. Like that's how good this guy is. And and when I say, you know, I'm not just talking about his uh, physical ability, but his vision. Like, my goodness, this dude was able to find the holes whenever there was nothing there. And when I say nothing, I really mean nothing. Go back and watch the film. Like, he was making stuff happen out of nothing, man. So, yo, that dude was straight up balling. And, and whenever I went back and just really got to do a little deep dive into, you know, how our old line was blocking, that's really what made me say, oh, yeah, give this dude to Heisman and give it to him right now. Well, even like, you know, fourth downs, fourth and short, they knew it was going to Ollie. And of course, like they were able to stop it at times. Yeah. And it was like, dang, like maybe if we had like a little play action pop pass or something, then we could have got him. But regardless, you got to give props to Coach Dunn, Coach Gundy for going for it, not playing super conservative in Bedlam like we've seen in the past. And it paid off for him. Like it didn't in some of those moments, but like that's the kind of stuff. That you need to do to win win ball games like that. So, uh, and then one of the bigger things, obviously, is just the discipline. You know, stuff that you've been working on all throughout the off season through this season. Guys, just really stepping up, caring about being elite and uh, in all aspects of the game, and that's what wins football games. So, super proud of everybody involved. Like it was the ultimate team effort. Like it wasn't all just on Ollie. Um, we had receivers stepping up big time. We've had receiver injuries. Just seems oh, yeah. like every week we're losing. Somebody's dropping up and then somebody's coming, stepping right in place. Like it seems like we have, uh, you know, an all-star receiver every week. Yeah. And yo, one person I just want to acknowledge and highlight because for whatever reason, he seems to kind of fly under the radar. Maybe it's because Nick Martin is performing so well. But, yo, can we just recognize Xavier Benson? Oh, yeah. I mean, this dude is just the definition of consistency. Week in and week out. Maybe he's not making the big highlight play or that play that's going to flash and pop, but he is making the right checks. He is playing his assignment. And every play that he is supposed to make, he is making that play. And, you know, whenever you look at the box score at the end of the game, you're just like, oh, wow, this dude was in on like 13 plays, right? Like <laughs> huge plays. But it doesn't necessarily pop or flash. But, yo, this guy is just always exactly where he's supposed to be. And that thing pays a bunch of dividends um, over the course of a game. So shout out to Xavier Benson, man. You ball. Great job. Yeah, Xavier Benson, seven tackles, six of those solo, one sack, three tackles for a loss, forced fumble and fumble recovery versus <laughs> OU. He was named Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week. <clears throat> and Ollie Gordon. Game number one. He is the second student athlete, student athlete, not football player, student athlete in Big 12 conference history to earn four consecutive Big 12 Player of the Week honors. Ollie was the Offensive Player of the Week yet again for the Big 12. 136 or 138 yards, excuse me, two touchdowns. Also, while we're talking about, about Ollie, I just have to give a shout out to his mom, Tarana. Mama T met her this weekend. Ollie's family listens to the show. She says she looks forward to it every Thursday. Hey. She loves Bixby's picks. So, Mama T, we love you. We appreciate you tuning in and we hope you have the best trip to UCF this weekend. She is hands down Ollie's biggest fan. They are two peas in a pod. If you know, if you know Mama T, you understand where Ollie gets his personality from. And I just, uh, incredible people. Mama T, thank you for listening. So had to, I told her I'd give her a shout out. So there's your shout out, Mama Come T. Come on, Mama T. 
Hey, appreciate you listening, Mama T. You know what, Mama T? I will say though, I wish you would have, you would have, you know, just w- moved a little closer to Keller, Texas. That way, Ollie would have gone to Keller High School. That's where I went. You know, we could have used them. I played against Euless Trinity back whenever I was in high school. But I'm telling you, Ollie would have fared well as a, as a Keller Indian. But hey, I digress. And also, a couple more players of note for this week, Justin. You talked about the receivers stepping up. Rashad yeah. Owens, I feel like we haven't talked about him a ton this year. We've, we've mentioned him here and there, but he had 10 catches for 136 yards. Some of those catches just should not have been caught, and he made it happen. He had a huge game. Yeah. And then Leon Johnson, again, he had five sure catches enough. for 70 yards. And it fe- I felt like watching the game, I felt like no one no, – I don't want to say no one was having a big performance, but like – there wasn't like that one standout, like the fact that Leon Johnson, you know, Rashad stood out to me because some of the catches he had were insane, but I was like, wait, Leon had 70 yards. Like that's pretty amazing, you know? And Ollie's 138 was the most that OU allowed on the ground by a single player this season. And it's like a quiet game for Ollie because he's been going over 200 for so many games in a row, but he still had 138 yards and two touchdowns over 100 yards for six games straight for Ollie. I mean, things are just clicking. Our offensive line has given up one sack and I think the last five games. Like, can you just... Yeah. Well, you know, whenever you have a running back like Ollie, which not many do, right? But whenever you have a great running back, your tendency is just lean on the run and be effective on the ground. And that's really a lot of people can win a lot of games like that. They'll run down the clock. They'll grind it out. But whenever you have guys like Rashad Owens, like Leon Johnson, the third going out and being able to make big time catches and keep that offense balanced to keep the defense honest. Like you got to love that as an offensive coordinator, right? You got to love it as a head coach. You got to love it as a fan. And I hope that everybody is really just appreciating this for what it is because it seems like whenever Oklahoma State Cowboys have like elite level offenses, it's always a great running back and a great receiver. And this year, we had what's set up to be maybe a great receiver and obviously a great running back. But whenever our receivers keep going down and getting injured, you don't necessarily expect the next guy to come up and be able to replace them at that same talent level. And these guys are doing it. So, Rashad Owens, I know like you know, people have been giving you a lot of props for you know sticking it out and you know waiting your turn. And absolutely you deserve all that credit. You deserve all yep. that success. And you know what? Similar to Xavier Benson and similar to Ollie Gordon and Alan Bowman, it's a theme across this whole team. It seems like everybody is bought in to the team mindset. Nobody's selfish. Everybody's just giving each other props everybody's propping up their their teammates they're doing it for the for each other and this is what you know this is what happens whenever everybody buys into that mindset and you're starting to see the success everybody eats everybody eats what i actually really like about just what you what you just described justin is you know having a great running back uh, you would think it keeps people honest, right? I think OU, what they do is they they have a Mike, Will, and a Cheetah position where that really is supposed to be an anti-spread. It helps out against 
the pass, but that cheetah linebacker really was inside the box, I think, more than they have been at any point during this season. And what that allowed for is just a lot of more individual matchups from our receivers. So oftentimes it just made sense for Alan Bowman to go out there, see all these extra guys in the box and say, yep, I see I see the one on one. Oh, and the corners backing up. Yeah, let's go ahead and get that ball over to Leon. Oh, OK, yeah. let's go ahead and get this ball over to Rashad. So there's a lot of great things that happen whenever you have to account for a great running back. And Rashad, man, started off on fire, right? Because, oh, yeah. I mean, right out of the gate, everybody's expecting it to just to go to Ollie and then like four passes almost in a row, I think, maybe yeah. four in a row, all went to Rashad. And, man, he was just like stepped up, ready to go. It was just awesome. Like that is – you need guys like that to be able to step up so that you can keep it balanced, and he did absolutely that. So major props to you. I think the craziest stat of the week for me, though, is that we did not throw for a single touchdown. Our three touchdowns <laughs> were two rush from Ollie and one rush from the gazelle, Alan Bowman. That man's got wheels. Got wheels. <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. He got, he got wheels. He looked he look like one of them wheels running a little low on, on, on air, but hey, he got a little he made it. Happen. Yes. You know, he, he got happen. in the end zone. And that's hey, man, matters. he broke some ankles on that run. He it got counts. Props. It counts. This week, we head down to Orlando to face the UCF Golden Knights, the first ever meeting between the two programs and our first road trip to a Big 12 opponent. The Knights, the Golden Knights, sorry, are four and five this season. No, they, they're the Knights. Are the Knights just the they Knights? They dropped the Golden, yeah. Dropped the Golden. All right, the UCF Knights, my apologies, UCF fans. They're the Knights. Um, I can't can't keep the mascot switches straight. I can't even keep straight who's in our conference anymore. Well, um, that, that's the Central the, Florida Knights, okay? The Central Florida Golden Knights. He's, he's just straight up disrespecting. Really, they're the Citronauts this week with that space. The Citronauts? Citronauts. Okay, um, well, we'll go with the Citronauts. Man, who the heck knows? They have like some identity crisis going on. I don't know. Just a lot. Just, Welcome to the Big 12, though, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were the thing with the the Knights is they've been in some close ones, guys. They yeah. almost they were two point conversion away from tying OU with a minute left. Who knows if they OU would be able to march down the field and score after that? I don't know, but they've hung in there. This is one of those we said it earlier potentially trap games for me. Do I think we can win it? Absolutely. We just have to come to play. Eve, you've talked a lot of trash about UCF in our preview shows and throughout this entire season. How are you feeling entering this week's matchup? Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I feel really good at going into this this game. Uh, I don't know. I just – you remember you, – you know how I feel about Gus Malzahn, man. I just don't think that uh, he's all that uh, people have cracked him up to be. I think that he keeps failing forward. Uh, I mean, if you can call it, yeah, if you, if you can even call it up, I guess. But here we are, you know, about to, you know, play against them. And, you know, it might be just an unprecedented amount of confidence that I have <laughs> on our team against against UCF. But, yeah, I'm honestly just not that worried. I think I think we go we go to Orlando. Uh, we get it done handily and we come back to Stillwater with a dub. It's almost like. It's such an obvious trap game that it's not a trap game. Like we're right. all expecting. It's kind of like, okay, we know to watch out for it. Our guys are focused. And if we're focused, 
we're playing up against a team that really hasn't won a legitimate Big 12 conference game yet because last week they beat Cincinnati. Like, not one of the normal Big 12 members. So They played yeah, they, OU pretty close. Yeah, they, they played, played them close. They, the yeah, that was maybe their Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> sure. But I don't know. Like, maybe the, maybe uh, maybe they could have won if uh, somebody had missed a pass interference call or something, but I digress. So, uh, anyway, yeah, UCF. Um, I will say this, though. Their quarterback, he's been hurt for a little while. I think they got maybe a little bit more energy whenever he came back. That first game back, it was against OU. But really since then, I don't know, like touchdown to interception ratio hasn't been great for him. I know he is a dual threat guy. Of course, we've faced our dual threat quarterbacks all through conference play, it seems like. So this team should be ready for him. And I think that the 3-5 three, three, Nardo defense is built to stop quarterbacks like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on the road. That's another road test, but man, when you got Ollie Gordon back there, when you got Alan Bowman playing smart, what more could you ask for? And this defense, it has been bend but don't break. So whenever they're coming up against, you know, maybe the, uh, what are they the second best rushing offense in the Big Twelve? I don't know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it fares. Their running back, R.J. Harvey, is a top five running back in the Big 12. He has 876 yards, nine touchdowns, averaging nine yards per carry. He's second in the conference in touchdowns behind, guess who, Ollie Gordon. And he's rushed for 100 or more yards in the last five games. Now, their last five games were also going back uh, Cincy, West Virginia, OU, Kansas, and Baylor. So, I mean, Kansas, Baylor, or Kansas and Oklahoma, that's, they're they're ranked teams. They're not terrible teams. So to put up a hundred yards against each of those teams is like okay, yeah. you know. I just we sure. gotta we gotta go in and uh, keep an eye I can, on. I can RJ see Harvey. it go, going both ways. So like he had one sixty four mm-hmm. and three touchdowns versus Cincy last week, but that was after Ollie Gordon just ran all over him. They were talking about should we be worried about Cincy's front seven they're so good at stopping the run but then it was like well you haven't played anybody and then guess what ollie comes in and busts them up and then this guy gets you know sloppy seconds basically getting to run through this defense after they've already been smashed so i don't know i don't know what to expect like is this are these legitimate numbers here i don't know well here's here's i i see what you're saying justin the ucf top rushing offense in the big 12 with 227 yards per game we have the 11th rushing defense allowing 167 yards per game. So that's where it's kind of like, okay, they're at the top. We're towards the bottom. But like you said, Ben, don't break. And I feel like even though our defense has given up some big chunk plays in recent games, they have made the play when it matters most. I didn't realize we had the 11th uh, mm-hmm. rush defense. That's that's surprising because I feel like our rush defense started off like just so – especially, you know, there was like a stretch there against Iowa State – and then the next two after that, where it seemed like our rush defense was just holding it down. So, man, I guess it didn't work out. Be, you Kansas know, State, that. Kansas. Yeah. 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 We're really doing our thing there. But, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, in all seriousness, it's an opponent that you have to take seriously. Right. I think they have a guy, uh, Malachi Lawrence, um, who's the edge Malachi rusher. Lawrence or Malachi Lawrence? Malachi Lawrence. Right. <laughs> edge rusher over there who um, shows a lot of promise. Uh, he's a guy that shows a lot of promise, and 
Um, we're going to have to take care of him, right, in order to have success um, in, in pass protection especially. But um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my guy, DFUP23, uh, on Twitter, who after after I talked all that trash in the offseason, shot me a DM, and we've been going back and forth, and it's it's been all in, in good fun. And then uh, beyond that, also had a lot of UCF fans hit me up after I think he blasted me on some message board. But it's it's been fun, man. So I I, uh, I actually really, really enjoy UCF fans because it's like, you know, there, there's some good banter and it's not disrespectful. So, yeah, I, I it's all in good that. fun. Yeah, it's all in good fun. You're you're a bad influence on me, though. You're like giving me too much confidence, like talking with such disrespect. Like I need to, you know. <laughs> Follow Coach there, Gundy yeah. and what every other coach says and respect the opponents, all right? So something that's concerning to me are still the big plays we have been giving up on defense. And I thought that it was really just in the passing game, but then all of a sudden OU's running back is gashing us for, you know, 70-yard touchdowns and stuff like that. So that's nice. really got to tighten it up. Um, they have a receiver, Javon Baker, who has five touchdowns on the season, season long, 86 yard reception. See, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, are, yeah. are our DBs going to be able to like, you know, to stop this? Like Kendall Daniels, you're, you're really good. Kendall reliable Daniels, you're great. But every once in a while, there's a bust that makes me think like, what, what just happened? You know? So the fewer, the better, right? I mean, it's so obvious, but going into Orlando, it can, maybe it can be like a, a scary place to play. I don't know. Like, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to have to deal with that. Right. But whenever I kind of take a step back, look at what they've done over the conference, I think they've been averaging about 28, 29 points per game in conference. And over that same period of time, Oklahoma State has been averaging 35. So realistically, I feel like we are the better team. Even though we are going on the road, we should still be able to put up those numbers. I think we can hold them to that average. We'll see where it goes. I think it should, should be a win. Doesn't Vegas only have us as like a two and a half point favorite? Yeah. Going into this game, which is pretty crazy. I didn't, I did not expect it to be so close, but hey, of course, they know something that we don't know. The ESP the ESPN like prediction matchup predictor has a 51.8% chance that UCF wins. Wow. Yeah. So it means it's it's very close, but you know, really quickly too, uh, Justin talking about Javon Baker and his, uh, I, I just looked as you were saying that we have the Oklahoma state has the 13th ranked passing defense in the big 12. So that is hey, bam, but don't break. slightly concerning. How <laughs> well, where are we at when it comes to turnovers? Turnovers. That's what I want to know. Uh, we're not, yeah, I don't we're think not it's anything special really at the top. No. Um, well, interceptions, I mean, all I, so I'm on the big 12 page right now. And if you go to defense, it's sacks against sacks by interceptions. We're six in interceptions with nine. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we're tied, I mean, we're tied with Kansas for that, but, uh, yeah, but what I was going to say is as bad as our, passing defense is um ucf also has a terrible rushing yeah defense. they terrible rushing defense so they like, rank worst in the worst in the nation almost so I think they're like 127th for real i mean this is a game where ollie might like 
not get off the field. He might run for 450 yards. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll see. Maybe yeah, you don't have to mess it up. Right. Wide receivers just take a the break. Field. Yeah, I mean, you you want to say, you know, typically whenever you, uh, you know, you can run well against a team, you're controlling the time of possession and you could keep their offense off the field. But in this situation, we we might just be scoring so many long, (laughs) long touchdowns that their offense keeps getting out there. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. Hey, if it's worth it and Ollie does that and gets more Heisman hype. Hey, yeah, I am mad. I am mad. I'm mad about it. Back to the passing game really quickly before we get to uniforms. Uh, John Reese Plumley, he also, where are my notes? He has eight touchdowns and seven interceptions this season. So I like that ratio for wow. our defense. <laughs> I will, I will take that. So yeah, he's it to be an interesting, an interesting dynamic on the field with their strengths versus our weaknesses, our strengths versus their weaknesses. But I don't know with all pretty good. Ollie, He's pretty good, but he has been like he's bouncing back from injury. I think that maybe a little bit knocking some of the rust off. I think he threw like three picks against West Virginia, right? Like, yeah, he threw 274, three touchdowns, and three interceptions last week. He had 165 yards, but zero touchdowns against Cincinnati. But I guess, you know, Alan Bowman had like 335 against OU and zero touchdowns in the air. So it's, it's kind of hard to gauge, but that, you know, when it's almost a one to one touchdown to interception ratio, I don't hate it. Has Plumlee been the start of the entire season? I don't think. Yeah, he was. He was like getting like preseason hype as being like a really good quarterback, and then got hurt. And their backup had been in for a few games, and then this guy comes back in for the OU game. So he's been the quarterback since you know for about uh, a month. He and does. He have, well against OU. He's played five games. It looks like it looks like he played sept- first week of sept- or September ninth. Missed a month, then played like the last four weeks. But he does have three rushing touchdowns okay. this season as well. So, I mean, he's he's not nobody. Well, um, yeah, he's definitely better than than what these numbers indicate, for sure. Yeah, but I'm just saying, get after him, you know? Hey, straight you know up. What I'm saying? It's true. But, well, guys, uniforms. I was right. I was right. Congratulations. Right. Feels good, doesn't it? It feels so good. It feels <laughs> so good to be right, to trust your gut. I saw Justin Williams after the game, and I let him know. I said, I picked it right. Even Justin didn't. And he said, hey, we're undefeated in this. Got to stick with what works. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. So. Oh, I absolutely thought that, but I just didn't want to steal your combo and have the same one. That's the only <laughs> reason I didn't say it. Justin, you can of course we were going to run back the 2021 combo. Well, then right? you should bomb with it, you know? Yeah. It's so easy to say in hindsight after you're wrong and you're like, well, duh, that was obvious, Nick. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to have your moment. I don't need my mm-hmm. moment, Justin. You do you. You. Do. you do need your moment, and I'm glad you got it for Bedlam. Hey, I was completely wrong, and I was just straight to say that straight up. I was really <laughs> hoping for orange, orange, black. It's a combination that we hadn't seen in the past, and I really thought that you know, throwing it. something out there for the first time would have really worked, but it worked out anyway, so you know, I'm all good. Hey, I really do think hope that would be orange, orange, black at some point this season. But black, black, orange historically is your favorite combo. Like, yeah. Did you think it looked as good with the white numbers on the black jersey? I'll be honest, I did not. I yeah. did not. Yeah. I was the same. Yeah. I love whenever the jersey number color matches the pants color in most cases. Absolutely. Agree 100%. And we haven't seen that a lot this year. Like it started Any off day. pretty strong. Like the first two games, it was like, oh man, here we go. 
And then bit. it kind of drops. It's like they're Justin's like mismatching it, just like toying with my emotions. Fashionista <laughs> out there, man. Hey, speaking of uniforms, I really want to know. Yo, they you, all look good. Speaking of uniforms, Southwell, you look extremely dapper right now. Yes. You know, you got the suit on, the mm -hmm. orange suit, right? You got your blazer. Like, what can you give us the inspiration behind your getup today? Orange blazer for Bedlam. I and mean, that's enough said. That's all it is. It's that hey. Victory Thursday suit. Meanwhile, Eve's on vacation and I'm in sweatpants. <laughs> We got all kinds of stuff going on right now in the fashion realm. Hey, this is us doing our best impression of Justin Williams, right? Just mixing and matching things, right? Just seeing what sticks. <laughs> Can you tell we don't coordinate what we're wearing before a show? <laughs> yeah, show don't. Uh, so I would say, yeah, the uniforms for Bedlam, great. We ran. I ran a poll on Twitter. All right. Which Curse of Cowboys black helmet looks better does it look better with the orange face mask does it look better with the black face mask and i had like nearly 800 votes about 66 percent think it looks better with a black face mask which Agreed. is where we wore it in bedlam and i tend to agree you know for the guys that love orange i understand like don't get me wrong i'm sitting here wearing an orange blazer okay but man the black on black it's just it's tough to beat Hey, man, speaking of Twitter, let me just say Southwell was killing it on social media <laughs> on all, all weekend long. I mean, that Photoshop that you had of the greatest Bowman was amazing, right? <laughs> like, I, I loved that. I loved the What was it? Billy Madison? Was it Billy Madison? Oh, Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. When it came to Trace Ford walking into Gundy's office. <laughs> golden. Golden. And then, of course, whenever you were talking about the revenge tour and completed the graphic, that tweet ended, ends up going viral. Like that one was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Be best follow on social media by far. <laughs> you know, you've made it whenever you, you obviously got over a thousand likes on that, but you know, you've made it whenever you see the meme copied and pasted on Facebook. Without the tag, right? Like I didn't get any credit for it on Facebook, but people are loving it on that too. So I'm just I'm here just to serve the cowboy fans, you know. It's all good. I love it. Here, here for you all. Well, guys, and you if you're yeah, if you're a UCF fan, you might as well follow me too, because I just put together a great graphic on all of the space U uniforms that they've worn over the past six seasons. And I've come I, I found out that they're actually undefeated when they wear their space uniforms. Mm. Now I will say typically when they're playing that team, they're, they've got like a losing record. So I don't know if this is like the best competition and if their records are showing that they're not that good. There was one game where they had an opponent with a winning record, maybe one or two where it was 500 and everybody else was below 500. That's not the case against the Cowboys, especially this Cowboys team. And just because you're going to be wearing your Canaveral blue, it really just looks like a powder blue. I mean, you're, you're just not going to win. Tell me, tell them. Uniforms, are they're good to a certain extent, but they're not going to win you any game. Hey, I'm just here for a good time. I'm just here for a good time. <laughs> But, you know, normally I like to give an overview of 
what we've worn in the past versus our conference opponents. And we don't, we don't have any previous matchups against UCF. So I had nothing to go off of. And of course they're making it a big deal. They've got their space. U going, I was like, oh, let me throw a little graphic together, see what we got. And then to my surprise, here we go. Space U. and Hey, they look all right. Some of these, maybe not so much, but I don't know how I feel about this one. Have you seen the graphics yet? Eve? I haven't. I haven't. Meg, have you seen them? Your graphic? Well, just the just their the space, space U for what they're wearing this year. I've seen a little bit of it. It's a little bit um, less exciting than I thought it might be. Yeah, not enough, not turquoisey enough. For Bro, me. we are straight up dissing UCF this episode, man. I just, yeah. I will say, I <laughs> their their helmet actually this year looks really cool, uh, and the the uniform itself, not not a huge fan. But I will say, for my prediction, we'll go ahead and get to that. I think Oklahoma State can really set up a great uniform matchup here if we wear orange, white, orange. Mm. We're going to go with orange numbers. And I'll say the OSU brand, the white OSU brand. So the same helmet we wore against Kansas paired with white, orange. We wore orange, white, orange against Arizona State, right? That was white, white, orange. Oh, it was white, white, orange. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we go out there to Orlando wearing orange helmet. Brand, okay. What was the brand with like the white outline? Well, it has to be white. It can't, yeah. Right, right. So orange helmet with the brand, white jersey, uh, orange numbers, black pants. Wow. Orange, white, black. Hmm. I really wanted to say orange, white, white, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's what we're gonna do. So, I feel like you have to, you have to show the representation of, you know, all of our colors. To, to to our our first time foe, yeah. right? It's like, hey, we have to introduce black and orange. In yeah, this and they're Obviously, they're gonna do the gold. opposite. They're gonna be like, we're not gonna use our school colors, black and gold. We're just gonna abandon that against Oklahoma State. You know, they they've done that with other people. Every single conference matchup for them is a brand new conference matchup, right? You know, we don't get we don't we don't have the same thing. So for us, it's hey, allow us to introduce you to the OSU Cowboys, orange, white, black. Well, I disagree with you both. And Colin Oliver and I came to the same decision. Well, we agreed on the art. We had the same picks because we were talking about, I was like, it's a space game. They have cool uniforms. This uniform matchup should be amazing. And he agreed that Justin Williams always does a phenomenal job. But Colin and I agreed that it's going to be an all white, all white get up, I think, hmm. in, in South Florida. We haven't seen it yet this season. What better time than this week against a new opponent? And what color did I said all white black numbers brand? That Man, is you can't. What better time? Like next week, like when we play Houston, because you know what, Justin? That... <laughs> I guessed right last week. So maybe I'm right this week. You know, it's I think the all white is gonna be oh lord. Me um, Megan and let it get to her head. She's right <laughs> once, and all of a sudden, you know, she's the final say in every on all things uniforms, you know. I don't, normally, I Justin start Justin Williams, if you're listening right now, please humble Meg. <laughs> Gotta have I some humility. <laughs> Me, humility, never. It's my oh mom's for. She keeps me in check. But no, I'm thinking, thinking all whites. All white so. with the black numbers, then. Okay. Yes, with black numbers. Yes, my <laughs> favorite. My favorite. No orange at all. Well, they read the orange trim. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. Right. The orange brand on the helmet. Okay. Just, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'll be wrong, but at least I went with my gut. That's my biggest thing. I just, I just trust my gut and uh, I have no, I have no database. I'm just looking We're back at what this season and uh, yeah. Yo, I never go by a database. That's why I've been wrong every single week <laughs> this season. So I'm right there with you, Meg. Hey, just throw out whatever comes to your mind. Yeah. What what haven't we worn in a while and what combinations haven't we seen? So that's kind of what I base it on. There's but, only uh, one away combination that we have never worn, and that's uh, gray, white, white. But we don't do gray helmets anymore. So I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. Watch that be this week. Surprise, they're back. Whoa. I wouldn't be mad at that. You imagine, yeah. Space gray yeah. for the space game at UCF. Mm -hmm. Sponsored well, guys, by Apple. That'd be fun. <laughs> what? I get it. I understand now. Uh, should we get to game picks? Yeah. I'll speaking of trusting your gut, let's see what Bix has for us. Picks with Bix. Oh, that's what I'm talking about, Biggs. You know what? Whenever he approached that, it looked kind of like Alan Bowman's juke move. First of all, can we just look at how unbothered he is right here? We're just going to dissect the pick really quickly. No worries in his life. This is he exactly is so the face Alan Bowman made right before he took the snap. I thought. That's about the speed he was going to. There. Thought for sure Vix was gonna go with the Knights. Thought for sure, but he went too. with the Pokes, going with the good guys. Can he extend his record? He's currently, guys, he's seven and two right now. Seven and two. That's pretty impressive. Right. Nice. What was his record last year? Good. Not good. It was it was not good. Yeah. It was like five hundred, maybe. That's putting it nicely. Yeah, so but he's yeah. the same record right now as the actual football team. So yes. he's doing his yes. thing. So am I. You guys are a game behind, but it's okay. We're fine. Right. Well, we'll catch up at this point. <laughs> going into this game, I see uh, the final score being 38 to 17 Oklahoma State, right? I think that we're right around, you know, I don't, I don't think we hit the 40s. I think the game kind of gets away early. We let some of the backups come in and play. Um, I don't think that if Ali Gordon is rolling, that we continue to keep him in the game. I think you let some of the other running backs get some reps. And, uh, you know, you just kind of keep the ball away from them. And, uh, you know, it might start off, you know, kind of, hey, we're just trying to figure them out or we're underestimating them a little bit. And then coming out of the second half, just like as as we've done the majority of the season, come out firing in the third quarter and kind of put them away. And, yeah, 38 to 17. I like that prediction. For me, I think I mentioned it earlier. In the conference games that we're looking at UCF, they're averaging about 28.8 points per game. They have played what, a full month, maybe a month and a half of conference games now. So I think they're maybe starting to feel what it's like week in and week out playing these Big 12 teams. Maybe they're starting to lose a little bit of that gas. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, getting stronger each week, just like Ollie Gordon gets stronger each quarter. I think OSU kind of runs away with it in this one. And I, I've seen on OSU Max, 
the ride, other things like that. In the team meeting room, they have the schedule up, and then they have a win, and then underneath that they have a column for or a row for um, 40 points. So if they hit 40 points or more, then that gets acknowledged. I feel like, yes, it's great to get those wins, but as an offensive player, you're seeing that 40 point and that you haven't seen that happen very often this, this year. And these are the games where you can start kind of piling it on, I think. And in, in the year really strong. So I'm going to go ahead and say that we hit 40. I'm going to say OSU 41, UCF 31. Respectable. All right. I, of course, am going with the Cowboys. 42 24. Final prediction. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the what what, what the what's the over under in this game. Does anybody know? 60 something. Um 64 and a half. 64 and a half. So I think we're all going. Well, I know I'm going under, huh? I'm going under. Yeah. I, I gotta, I I gotta go over. I'm surprised how low scoring our game with OU was, to be honest. Me too. It's true. 27-24. But, uh, What's the deal I with think- 27 points, man? Old habits die hard. Can't even hit 30? Come on, guys. Babies. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Love you all so much. Well, <laughs> with that, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Of course, like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review all of the things i'm meg joined by justin and eve go pokes and only for heisman <laughs> go pokes thank you for beating ou beat ucf now go pokes thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.